Welcome to this episode of the For the Kingdom, Not the Brand podcast. And in this episode, I want to begin a new series where I share, well, well, I share and explain theological tidbits. And this kind of goes back to the roots of the podcast to some degree as I started this podcast in high school, basically to share the truths of God in a condensed format. And yet over the years and after 75 plus episodes, purely by the grace of God, even after all this time, I'm still churning out episodes, I shifted my style a decent bit, but the primary the primary objective still stands. Uh, this is not a weekly series um, in terms of the theological tidbits. It is a more sporadic one, uh, meant to show how theology does matter and applies to every aspect of our lives, even in the most obscure things. As I was pondering about this episode while wandering around my neighborhood, I kind of saw how I've made a theology tidbit like episodes in the past when talking about the topic of tanning and how and how scripture talks about the topic of tanning. I would say humor and modesty might fit into this category, but those were much heavier projects. Um, but I think most people will get the idea. These episodes are going to be more uh, condensed, say for this episode, because for some reason I'm taking way too long to actually explain it. I'm already a minute and 30 seconds in, approximately. But uh, these are also not comprehensive, and they're meant to make someone think about, although they are meant to make someone think about their current convictions about certain topics and move forward in light of this. And and the first thing I want to tackle in this episode of other than why I'm starting this series is why did I want to approach it? Um, Or why did I want to approach this topic of pre-written prayers? Well, the topic of prayer came up in my life group on Tuesday night at the current church I attend here in Georgia. And not going to lie, I love the conversations that we have here. I'm I'm still getting used to the co-ed groups, though, since I've experienced the single gender groups as a leader and as a member of a connection group in Salt Company. Um, although my experience so far has been good in terms of getting to know everyone, it's, it has been a great time. Anyway, during the conversation, as we were going over the Sunday sermon on Psalm three, we get, we began to talk about congregational prayers through, um, pre-written prayers in the Psalms and by other believers of the past, the creeds at some point, and even the concept of using a liturgy. Uh, since um, a few members in my life group were form, were former Presbyterians, um, and others um, have have also um, grown up and attended different Reformed churches that use those kinds of con- congregational prayers, um, and and I think it was just really 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 based conversation. But um, <laughs> now now. Uh, transitioning over um, to to the actual topic of prayer, this is a question that for some reason made me pause as I was outlining this episode. What is prayer? It's weird to me in some sense how I've been praying throughout my Christian walk without really taking a step to pause and ponder what it was. It's in terms of its pure theological definition and to my shame, if you want to say that, I I chose to consult a source from G3 Ministries that is based also in the beautiful state of Georgia for a operational definition, uh, if you will. And I think that's just my, uh, I think it's just my former psych major coming out. Anyway, 
Pastor Joshua Banks writes that prayer may be defined as our personal communication with God. It is talking, communing, and fellowshipping with the Lord. This is the means that we express our love to Him, our our uh, devotion, dependence, praise, thanksgiving, and this is the means that we confess our sins to the Most High and seek His forgiveness and restoration. The Puritan Thomas Brooks write, writes, quote, Prayer is nothing but the breathing that out before the Lord that was first breathed into us by the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord breathed into us life and by the Spirit of God, spiritual life, and this results in our hearts longing to honor and praise Him through our words that are spoken back to God. Um, and, and we see later in Banks' article that he writes, uh, uh, MacArthur and Mayhew write, quote, God honoring prayer is motivated by a number of factors, including a yearning to fellowship with the Lord and bring glory to him, a dependence on God for his provision, a need for heavenly wisdom in the midst of trials, a plea for deliverance in the face of trouble, a longing to find relief from anxiety and fear, a desire to express thanksgiving to God for his goodness, a need to confess sin, a yearning to see the salvation of unbelievers, and, and, and a desire for spiritual growth both for oneself and for other Christians. There are numerous facets of prayer, and through all of them, the heart's desire should be that God would be honored. And so now, we have an operational definition of prayer out of the way, and we can actually approach the concept of pre-written prayers. Pre-written prayers are, well, obviously, prayers that are already written ahead of time. And so we don't have to use our internal chat, uh, GPT, i.e. our brains to figure out some word salad to say to God. Uh, <laughs> now, we already have the examples of pre-written prayers for us in Scripture. And namely, they are the Psalms and get this, the Lord's Prayer as well. Um, our template for prayer is by our Lord and Savior Himself, and it is a pre-written prayer. And now outside of Scripture, we can also find the pre-written prayers of of very faithful believers and and, and the Protestant reformers like uh, Polycarp, uh, Luther, Calvin, and even Tyndale. I will say as well, uh, there is a danger, and I guess precaution, when it comes to pre-written prayers that I know many people may have an aversion to, and rightly so, uh, there is a concern for coldness, or for a lack of a better phrase, going through the motions in an outward way instead of any internal posture. There is another concern of false theology that it's some way to, to I guess, connect to past the saints and using their merit to communicate to God or that these saints intercede to God on our behalf, which really have zero zilchinata when it comes to any biblical basis. There is also this idea that this is kind of tied to my last point, that others may think that using pre-written prayers are a quote-unquote better way to communicate with God or that he will be more attuned to these eloquent prayers. Uh, since this is a theology tidbit episode, I want to address these very quickly. At the end of the day, you need to be aware of your heart posture as you may or may not choose to pray these pre-written prayers. I can understand that these 
these prayers may be boring or cold and that you crave that spontaneity in some sense. I get it. Look, no one is forcing you to stick to these prayers strictly. You do not have to pray the Psalms or, or, or the Lord's Prayer word for word. In this context, they are templates for the normative and regulative principles of prayer for the Christian. Now, when it comes to connecting with past saints or using their merit to talk to God, quote-unquote, there, there is no basis for that. Our Christian walk is fed by the grace of God, and we do not earn our salvation, and we do not go to God with our own merit. We come to God because of our imputed righteousness by Christ, who bore our imputed sin unto himself upon the cross. Also, in Hebrews, it's shown that, that Christ is our inter assessor, not dead saints. He is our great high priest. Lastly, when it comes to the idea that there are more, um, uh, when it comes to the, idea, to the idea that these are more eloquent prayers that God will hear better, allow me to be clear. There is no such thing as a better or more eloquent prayer. Although, don't get me wrong, there are certainly wrong prayers. I can probably pinpoint many prayer requests I've said that, man, looking back, I just cringe at because maybe perhaps at the time I, I was a less mature believer or I didn't properly or fully understand a doctrine that I was perhaps wrestling through at that time. Although, although regardless, as I close this episode, I want to ponder uh, or I want us to ponder and, and consider what these prayers do. One, they provide a framework for, for prayer that is biblical. Two, they bring order that I think glorifies God, especially in light of all the charismatic Pentecostal nonsense that craves spontaneity and chaos in experience when experience should be tied with proper biblical truth and order in some sense. We can see in the book of Corinthians that Paul tell, tells the Corinthians to, and this is coming to you from the, and this is coming to you from the AIV, the the Atticus International Version to essentially take a chill pill. They had to restore order within the gathering because there were people likely to be present who who would really just be confused at the craziness of what was going on. And once order was restored, people could actually see that what was going on within the doors of the Corinthian church, as messy as it was at a certain point, it was an actual work of the living and one true God. And lastly, three, these pre-written prayers set our hearts right before the Lord in that we have a proper template on how to bring our requests and laments to Him and ultimately allow Him to set our hearts to bring honor and glory to Him as we live out our Christian walk. Even if we don't know what to pray for with the groanings of our soul, the Spirit intercedes for us on our behalf. And let that encourage you this week and onwards. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.